Megan. Hello. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm well. Welcome to Menace and the Man. Sans Menace at the moment. Menace has to work a double. <laughs> no problem. So what did we catch you in the middle of? Nothing. Uh, I just had a nap earlier. <laughs> you had a what? A, a nap? A nap, yep. That's a good way to pass time during this quarantine. Yeah, it was uh, pretty good. So how are you holding up during all this? Um, I don't... Nothing's really changed for me. I'm a pretty boring person. Like, I don't do much anyway. So it's not like I... Like, I don't really go out and do a lot of stuff. So I get to play more video games, I guess. <laughs> all right, all right. What games are you playing? Uh, right now, I've been uh, playing the new... Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare like season three. Okay. What uh what system are you on? I'm on Xbox. Uh I'm a PlayStation Four guy. <laughs> yeah, I get so much shit for that. I don't I don't get the shit. You see, there's a lot of memes going around right now, especially with the quarantine. People have a lot of time on their hands. You, you, have you seen them? They're saying like so a PlayStation Four player punches like this, an Xbox player punches like this. And then a person who complains about what system you have punches like this, you know? <laughs> like me, a lot of memes like that going around right now. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so what are you playing anything else or just Call of Duty right now? Um, I have the, the new Doom Eternal. Uh, so I've played that a little bit. Uh, but really, I've been uh, trying to get good at this whole Battle Royale stuff. <laughs> and how, are you, how are you? Are you I I dread the gulag. Oh my god, <laughs> I, I hate it so much. I'm actually horrible. Like not horrible. I'm not good at the game yet. I'm good at the gulag. Really? Yeah. See, sometimes I'll like. Sometimes I'll be fire through the gulag, like one shot kills, and then I'll go on a stretch where it's just it's just rough. I'm like, how are you not dead? Like I'm pretty sure I'm shooting you in the face. Like how how are you not dead? So how many hours a day would you say you're gaming? I would say at least like five a day. Really? And now you're, I've noticed you live stream now on Twitch. Is this something new? Uh, I'm about to start. Uh, I just got a webcam, which has been really hard to find because everyone bought them for work because really? they have to work now. Uh, so yeah. the webcams have been like MIA. So I've, I found one. And so I'll, I'm about to start doing that. And like the, we're going to test it out over the weekend. So, yeah. Okay. Are you looking forward to that or? Um, I am, but I'm also like a little nervous uh, for people to watch me epically suck. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's a good thing. You know, you're giving back to your fans a little bit. That's actually how our show morphed into video was Menace is a video game player and oh, he used to Twitch and then it turned into from that us deciding we should do video. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. I noticed you have a little podcast thing as well too, right? I do. I have a YouTube channel um, that I, I, I've i kind of like made it my own now. So I'll, I, I kind of put out like a whole heap of different content like fight breakdowns, interviews, um, happy hours, which is my new fun thing to do because I get to drink margaritas and answer questions. <laughs> uh, we've brought out some fight camp video type stuff like behind the scenes so it's kind of a bit of everything and how often are you doing the happy hours um 
I don't like. I don't know. Like, I, I kind of have done one like back to back weekend, so I don't know if I should make it like a weekly thing. I haven't decided yet. Well, what's la- ladies' night Thursday night? You should do it every Thursday night. <laughs> well, see, I can't continue that once this all goes away because I got to train. <laughs> so I will like set a, I guess like a, a day or a time that is consistent and like it doesn't get in the way of training once that kind of all starts again you could do like some placebo effect thing though get a bottle of vodka fill it with water and then just (laughs) keep drinking with people yeah i could well that's what that's what we plan to do like uh me and uh one of my friends uh who i game with actually he's uh they're on instagram too video game chats um we're gonna stream together and uh some of the games that we might play is like every time you die you gotta take a shot <laughs> yes something that me and menace do sometimes when we watch fights that's what we do <laughs> that's awesome we'll have like but uh we wind up just drinking constantly so it'll be like every time your guy gets punched you gotta take a, a you know a chug every time you lose a round you gotta take a chug every time your guy gets taken down you gotta take a chug so I you can get <laughs> you, yeah, usually by like the second fight we're a little tipsy <laughs> That's awesome. So now, are you training in this downtime, or? Um, I'm doing what I can. Like I'm doing some one-on-one sessions uh, with my strength and conditioning coach, and, and with with James, my coach. So uh, we're doing as much as we can. Yes, I'm a big James Krause fan. We yeah, have it. we have talked about you in the past. You worked a little bit with Caleb as well, Mental Sensei. A little bit, yeah. Or at least spoke. Yeah, Menace worked with him as well, and then we've had him on the show. And then, um, yeah, he always sing when he was on. He was singing James Cross's praises. So, yeah, he's a he's an OG man. Uh, he's finally getting the recognition he deserves. So it's awesome to see an OG and a fucking stud. Like that last fight, what he take on ni- nineteen hours notice? Nineteen, yeah, it wasn't even twenty four hours. Yeah, so that's crazy. If you're if you're that guy, you know you got some balls right there. One hundred percent. And now you're from Australia originally, right? I am, yes. Your accent's fading a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't say like I've got a really strong Australian accent, but uh, every now and then, just because I've lived here for so long, that I'll I'll have like a bit of an American twang. But for the most part, I hope I stick predominantly with the Australian accent. How long have you been in the states? I've been here for about four and a half years now. Oh, so that's not that long. Feels long. <laughs> yeah. And what? You where are you living? I live in Kansas City. And you've been in Kansas City the whole time? Pretty much, yeah. How'd you wind up there? Um, well my management at the time uh managed James and that's how I kinda got connected with Glory and James in Kansas City, so And now when you're traveling for your fights, you're seeing the world's a lot different than Kansas City. Yeah, um, so my fight in Norfolk was actually supposed to be in Lincoln and they switched it at the last minute, which I was like, I don't want to fight in Lincoln, Nebraska. Like, I'm so sorry, but I want to travel. Like I want to be able to fly somewhere and see new places. And, um, I feel like fighting is a really great way to do that. Like I, I, I'm Australian and I've never been to Melbourne. So fighting in Melbourne, was a great opportunity for me to go see a place of Australia that I hadn't even seen before. So, uh, you know, I love to travel and I want to do more traveling. It's, it's kind of hard because 
you know, training and fight camp and like being able to have a significant amount of time off because it's really no off season in MMA. You're constantly training and you're constantly getting better. And if you don't, it's you kind of get left behind, which you don't want to happen. But you know, you, you I feel like you got to find that kind of balance between you know training and and being able to experience life and not just and I get burnt out and doing the same thing every day. Oh, 100%. That's the fucked up thing about right now, the quarantine and gyms being shut down for there's that there's that handful that only train for their fight, but then most of you guys train year round. You Pretty make much. you maintain something and then you peak with a fight camp. Yep. So now 100%. for all you guys it's home workouts. Yeah, it's like doing what we can and which makes it harder, but I think uh, I think too you you get as much out of it as you want to put in. So uh, even if you can't physically do a lot of the stuff, uh, just those mental reps and those visual reps and like watching fight footage or you know doing at home drills, um, I think like you have I, f- I feel like everybody has the opportunity, particularly during this very unique time um that you either let it kind of everything go downhill or you figure it out um you know there's always like two types of people the people who just let it go to shit people who figure it out and work their way through it and they get better and and more successful on the other side so it really just depends on what type of person you are and uh, there's always something that you can do Oh, 100%. Even right now, introverts are like, I trained my whole life for this. I know, that's me. <laughs> yeah. I've been waiting for this. I was like, welcome to my life. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm a big meme guy, and something we talk about a lot on this show are memes. Obviously, that's the world today is memes. That's like that. It's like, man, I really, I, I don't like going outside, but I like doing at least one or two things, like, you know, something. <laughs> Like I want this, like I seen one the other day because I love memes too. That's all I do is just like see, like find memes and send them to my friends. Um, even if they don't laugh, I get a good laugh out of it. <laughs> but uh, I seen one the other day. It's just like I want this all to end so I can be an introvert on my own terms. <laughs> yeah. A lot of my conversations are just memes back and forth. <laughs> That's awesome. Like we don't even talk anymore. We just send memes back and forth. Or like, or like lines from movies. Yes, I do the movie. I, I'm actually, I'm a little older. No, not older, but I'm out of the movie lines, if you will. Now I'm memes. Nothing but memes. Nothing but memes. Okay. Nothing but memes. That's awesome. It keeps me young, I guess. So how old are you now? I'm 30. All right. So yeah, I'm, I'm 34. I'm not much older than you, but sim- yep. similar age group, if you will. I was maybe a senior when you were a freshman or something like that. Yeah, I was 90. I was born in 90, so. I was born in 86, so something similar. But um, so are you ever going back to Australia or America is where it's at for you? Um, <clears throat> particularly while I'm fighting, for sure, I'm staying in America. Um, I haven't really thought long term on if I would move back post-fighting career. Um, probably not, um, just because everything is kind of here. Um like I, I'm interested in kind of transitioning into more of like an analyst post fighting career. Um, and it's easier to do that here because everything is here. Um, so, but I haven't really given too much thought about it 
I'm just fighting for now and doing my thing. All right. So, and I've seen that as well. You've done some work with, what is that, Invicta? Yeah, I've done some work with Invicta as an analyst and as a commentator now, which was really cool. And, you know, Shannon gave me the opportunity to come in on the last Phoenix series uh, event. Uh, myself and Jimmy Smith were able to commentate that fight, which is an amazing experience. Um, and I've also done some stuff with the ESPN Sports Center Australia. So um, the guys over there are awesome. And like, I'm excited to, to do some more work with them this year once this all kind of ends. If this all ends. Yeah, well, uh, I just seen today in Kansas City, the stay-at-home order's been prolonged to May 15th. So it's 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 they've added like another two weeks or something like that. I think that's going to be everywhere. Yeah. Like I'm in New York, so I'm where it's like heaviestly, heaviest, whatever it is. <laughs> We're the most fucked up here, apparently. <laughs> but that's because we have like something crazy. I said it once on the show. I think we have... I think it's 28,000 people per square mile. Damn. Or something. That's yeah, insane. something crazy. So we're all on top of each other. So we're fucked. But Kansas City, I've never been, but a little more spaced out, right? Yeah, it really just depends. Like where I live, I'm kind of south uh, in more of like like a – it's like a developing kind of neighborhood area. So it's not super busy. So whereas like if you in more of like – downtown kansas city there's a lot of people down there okay and so now it's kansas city and that's it you are you planning on moving somewhere else one day um i have no idea like maybe uh if the opportunity presented itself uh and it was a good it was you know a logical decision for me and, and my career and what i wanted to do but uh at least while i'm fighting it's kansas city because you know i have my gym here and it's convenient now, your own gym, or are you talking about the gym you train at? The gym I train at. I for sure don't have my own gym. <laughs> What'd you say? I for sure don't have my own gym. Why? You don't feel like you're ready to teach people? No. Like, I've never really... I've never really, like, aspired to have my own gym or to be a coach and stuff like that. Um, I have done some coaching at the at Glory, uh, which I, I enjoy and I, and I love to do, but like I'm kind of at a point right now where like I really want to focus on uh, solely just training and fighting uh, and getting more opportunities to go and do things. Um, I need to have the flexibility that I don't have to worry about trying to find somewhere to cover my classes or, you know, that type of stuff. So I'm kind of, I took a step back from coaching um, this year so I can kind of focus on on my career solely and, and getting more opportunities to be able to travel and do more analyst work or do appearances or whatever it may be. Now, did you have anything lined up fight-wise before this whole thing happened? No. I was lucky. Like, I fought maybe two weeks before every – two or three weeks before everything kind of got crazy. Um, so I, I feel, like, incredibly blessed um, – that I was able to fight and I was able to get that paycheck um, because a lot of fighters, like we don't get paid like other sports. <laughs> like we, a lot of us, we live paycheck to paycheck. So we live fight to fight. Uh, and the people who over this period of time that 
weren't able to get that paycheck like man i kind of feel for them and i know dana kind of came out and said like don't worry we're gonna have the same fights and you'll get the fights in your contract i said and then that's all well and good but during this t- couple months where like fighters were expecting a paycheck that they didn't get like what are they supposed to do during this time like <laughs> that's that's what where i'm kind of like hey this is like something's got to change. Like we need to have a salary or something because like when shit like this happens, you're leaving your fighters literally with nothing. Oh, hundred percent. And something I actually, that irritates the shit out of me is like other, I, I, we don't consider ourselves MMA media. Me and Menace always say, we're just two idiots that get fighters on. And we ask you questions that other journalists don't ask. I yeah. hate, I hate the, um, the people that are saying like, Oh no, no fighters don't need to fight. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they do. They want if they're willing to and they want to, they need to. Where you can watch it on TV, it's not the NFL, it's not Major League Baseball. Exactly like you said, you guys don't get a contract or a salary. Yeah, I, I was looking um, like a couple of weeks ago. I was watching like cause I follow Sports Center, and they were putting up all the stats for like the the NFL contracts because they were kind of doing all that a couple of weeks ago with the current roster. Uh, before they do the draft i was looking at some of those contracts i'm like you've got to be fucking kidding me like i like i should have been born a male in america playing football or basketball or baseball like i it just blows my mind the type of money these guys are getting and like i for sure am jealous (laughs) my god yeah they're 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 making millions and they don't have a year-round sport i mean maybe it's year-round in the aspect that they need to train year-round but it's not year-round as far as like you got to stay ready they're like they're getting ready for a certain date they know when they got to be ready by yeah and that like i i kind of like threw like a question like i kind of said something about it on twitter and someone kind of responded which is like oh well you don't play 15 games back to back i'm like yeah but they also don't cut weight every time they play and what is like what is who plays 15 games back to back baseball basketball I don't know. Fighting's a lot harder. Yeah, like I, I feel like it, they're all hard in their own aspects, but I feel like for the trauma and the stress that you put on the body as as a combat athlete, I think we for sure should be compensated for that. Oh, hundred percent. And even the risk factor, like football, I get it. Football's dangerous. But basketball, baseball, the the most dangerous thing about baseball is if you get hit with the ball. And even then, like, that's like a, equivalent to a punch, if you will. And that's like, I would say, like, in terms of, of trauma, I would say, like, football and, and MMA are very similar and, like, combat sports. Uh, just for the fact, like, it's not... Or it's not just the game that you're getting the trauma. It's like the hits, the punches that you're getting in training. Like, even if it's light... That's still a form of concussion, yep. and uh, and it's and and with football, like they aren't doing that type of training year round. MMA, we are, like we're sparring year round. We are grappling or you know doing some form of physical like concussion induced sport year round. And you know, I, I definitely think that we should be compensated for that. In time, you know what? Uh, something else we've said here on the show before. Right now, you, I don't know if you get the like the terminology of it, but right, you remember in the NFL, they used to wear leather helmets. Really? Yeah. Cool. So now they wear the big plastic reinforced or whatever they are helmets, whatever composite, whatever the fuck they're made out of. They used to wear leather helmets. 
that's where MMA is right now. You guys are still wearing leather helmets a little bit. Yeah. You guys, I think they just had, what, 25 years of UFC. We're in, like, year 27 of UFC. Valley Tudor or MMA, you could say, is a little longer. But as far yeah. as, like, sport regulated, you guys are in the 28th year right now. Yeah. we've uh, MMA has a long way to go, and I'm excited to see – like how it progresses, particularly during my career. And, and I hope that I can be a voice for change, you know, for the next generation. But, and I, we, we touch on it sometimes here, but we try to walk on eggshells a little bit as best we can. Just so we don't get the backlash. You got to watch what you say too. Yeah. Oh, we know. Oh, we know. Like you can't talk bad about Reebok. Uh, but it, then it's weird because some people can talk shit about Dana but then other people can't like some people have talked shit about Dana and then they got rewarded for it. Other people have talked shit about Dana and then got fired. The rug taken right off from under him. Yeah. I just, I kind of try to stay pretty neutral. <laughs> yeah. And even the fans, the, fa the fans, the fans hate on Dana a lot too. I fucking love the guy. Oh, he is. He's such a smart businessman. Yeah. Like such a smart businessman. And he, I think, I, th I I honestly think that the sport of MMA wouldn't be where it is now without him. Yes. So I think he has been a very big uh, influence on the direction and the growth of mixed martial arts, particularly over the last 10 years. But there's always room for growth. And there's always room for improvement. <laughs> yes. Where right now we're in the leather helmets. We're about to get the real helmets. If Dana wasn't around, we'd still be doing it with no helmets. Yeah. If if even doing it at all. Like, the sport wouldn't even be anywhere near where it is right now. Yeah, and you know what's really funny? So, I used to be one of those people that thought MMA was, like, super barbaric. <laughs> Understandable. I was like, and this was, like, back in the day when, like, one, like, you would have a fighter with, like, no glove on one hand, a glove on the other hand, and they were wearing one shin guard, and, like, there was no unified rules. And I was like, oh, my God, what are they doing? <laughs> like, this is just barbaric. And it kind of was. It really was back then. But we wouldn't be here today without those, you know, early days. Oh, yeah, the pioneers. And now, so even, like, we, we, we do touch on this source subject a little bit. Do you have any concern as far as CTE or physical damage, things like that long term? Oh, 100%. I think about that all the time. Um, I think uh, I think that's that's one of the reasons why I feel like we need to be compensated. And like I watched I watched that movie uh, with Will Smith, and this was like a couple of years ago when I was on. You know, I'd maybe been doing it for four, three or four years, and uh, like. Now, a couple of years later, I'm like, oh, shit, this is this could be a real thing. Um, it definitely is something not just longevity in the sport, it's longevity in life. Like, I want to be able to write my name when I'm 40 years old. Um, I don't want to live that type of life. And, and I think, too, not just CTE, the stress that we put our bodies through, like... Like when I'm like when we're training, like we normally are, like I wake every, I wake up every day. Like I swear to God, there is not one day that I wake up and my body feels fine. Yeah. Like I 
always have like my knee or my hip or my back or like my shoulder or my hand like there's always something and that wear and tear and that constant stress and, and pressure that you put on the body in those positions like it will be interesting to see how we all uh, are walking around and moving in, in 20 or 30 years time yeah something that we've talked about I think if you guys are under contract with the UFC you guys should be given a salary whether it's even 30, 40, 50 grand, something, higher up guys get 100 grand, 200 grand, and then you get your fight purse. And they need to, I get the... the, the get the fight purse on top of the salary. Yes. Well, I like that. Okay. And then, they sh and then what they should do is, and you'll definitely agree with this, get rid of the show and win. I get for the promoter side, the show and win is going to make you theoretically fight harder because you want that other 50 or 100 grand. You're going in there to win anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, does the... I think they should get rid of the show and win, and they should do live scoring. Like, you should look up, and the way in that basketball game it says 90 yep. to 80, you should look up and say, oh, shit, I'm down two rounds to nothing. I got to knock this guy out. Yeah. See, I like that. And also, too, like, instead of having one bonus, like, all three bonuses that you can get, I think it should be built in your contract that if you finish a fight you get an extra bonus it doesn't matter like it's not just three per fight card it's like if if you have like five people on, on a car that finish the fights all five of them should get a, a, a that should get a bonus like there should be a bonus instead of like when you know nfl players do you know certain when they hit certain numbers they get bonuses like why should we not do the same thing if we finish exactly it should just be i think you show up you get your X amount. It's not a win bonus. It's nothing like that. But if you get a finish or a submission, a stoppage, you should get a bonus for that. That is, Yeah, it should be in your contract or something like that. That would be cool. That's a great idea. Yeah, but you guys would need a union or something for that. <laughs> You're right. Or, like I, we've always, or you guys need Conor McGregor one day to stand up and be like, no, I'm not fucking fighting tomorrow. You're going to fix everyone's contract or something like that, you know? Yeah, like I, it, it's gonna take one of those big guys to to really help that idea. But those guys that are in a position, or girls that are in a position to do that, get paid very well, so they don't need to. Yeah, and it's an individual sport. So yeah, well, that's even something not to attack him, but like with Khabib recently, like that Khabib. Like, whatever, went to Russia and then was saying he did, like, a social media post and was like, I don't need to fight. I'm not the coronavirus. Like, look at celebrities and all these other people are staying home. Why does Khabib have to go fight? And it was like, because there's 20 other guys on the card that don't have Khabib money that need, need Khabib's name to sell the card and make them bigger stars. And that's what I feel like, too, is is there's, there needs to be a balance for fighters is, I think, so the NBA do an amazing job of marketing all of their athletes. Yes. And they make stars and names out of all of their athletes. And, and that's where I don't think they do that in MMA. They pick their their big, big five or big ten. And you just see the rotation of content about those guys. Like, what's going to happen when Cowboy retires What's going to happen when McGregor doesn't want to fight anymore? When Khabib doesn't want to fight anymore? You don't, you haven't built anybody up. Nobody knows who anybody is. And like a perfect example, Alex Volkanovsky. I love the dude. 
but you have a champion that has like 190,000 followers because you never built him. You never promoted him until he won the belt. Like that shouldn't be the case. Like, you like they need to, I think, I feel like this is MMA across the board. This isn't just UFC. This is MMA across the board. They, they pick their certain favorites, which is cool. Like I get it. It's a business, but what happens when those, fighters either don't deliver or they move on or they retire. Like you have like a whole up and coming group of people that are amazing athletes and they should be, they should have the following and the recognition that they deserve, but nobody knows who they are because you haven't promoted them. Yes. Volkanovsky is a great example of that. Like I love, like he's one of my dudes. Like I fought in a couple cars with him. I, I am 100% on, like, Alex Volkanovsky, and the only time I, like, will ever go against Max Holloway is if he fights Alex Volkanovsky. But that's a perfect example because, like, you have a champion who is on, like, a 10-fight win streak that nobody knows because you never promoted him. So he's, like, seven fights he had in the UFC before he had his title shot. It's not like he came in with like a couple of fights. He's been in the UFC for like four or five years. Yeah. Oh, we we just had Alex on the show actually. Yeah. After playing phone tag a little bit, because um, you know, yeah, I don't know if you're familiar with them. You know, his coaches when he's in Thailand at Tiger Muay the Hickman brothers. Yeah, I think so. Like a, the name rings a bell. They train Valentina a little bit. They trained Alex Volkanovski a good amount. They train a little bit with Adesanya, tied to Ivasa. Um, a lot of Australian guys or New Zealand fighters and Russian fighters. They, they tra- used to go out to uh, Tiger Muay Thai. It used to be super big. Yeah, um, they, they trained guys. Peter Yan too, I believe. They trained a bunch of guys. But um, so they went to the younger one, went to college with Dennis. So that's how we've always heard of Volkanovski before yeah. he was champion Alex Volkanovski. So pretty yeah. much every time he's fought, no matter who, like he's fighting Chad Mendes, I'd be like, oh, I don't know. Fucking Chad Mendes is good. Dennis would be like, Volkanovski's going to win this fight. See, that was me. Yeah. Like, because I fought on that. I fought Kat Zingano on that card. The guys are like, nah, like, Chad's just hits too hard. He's too good. He went out there and, what, finished him in the second round? Mauled him. Yeah. Like, absolutely mauled him. Like, I was like, I told you so. And then, like, this, like, every one of his fights, like, he's kind of the Jose Aldo fight, or Josie Aldo, however you pronounce it. Uh, Same thing. He went out there and, like, clinically beat Aldo. Same thing with Max. Like, he is so, like, underrated, and I think that is part and part of the marketing on the yeah. UFC. Well, Menace didn't even know how good he was. Menace just knew what the Hickman brothers were saying. And, if, yeah. like, so it happened with Valentina. They kept saying, nope, Valentina's the best. So every time she would fight, Dennis didn't even know much about her. would be like, if they're saying she's good, she's yeah. good. I love her so much. She's such a beast. Like, yeah. can she just stop being so amazing, please? <laughs> yep. And now, like, even, like, with Volkanovski, we were talking about, he pretty much, other than a rematch with Holloway, the division's kind of cleaned out right now. Yeah. There's the Korean zombie, and then everyone else kind of needs to fight and figure it out. Uh, You've got, like, Zabit. Um, You've got a couple. You've got some up-and-comers, too, which... They all need that fight or two. They're all a fight or two away from it. 100%. Like, he kind of cleaned through it all. Yes, last time we had him on, too, as well, we were talking about shoeys. Yes. I've seen you do a shoey or two in your UFC career. So we didn't have a real shoe, 
because me and Dennis had both on flip flops. So De- Dennis had like a glass boot. Oh my god! Yep. What's that movie? You ever see Beer Fest? No. Oh, they drink out of a glass boot. It's like a drinking game. So I had to do a glass shoey for Alex Volkanovsky. Oh my god! <laughs> and, and now with the whole quarantine, I owe him an actual shoey. So yes. I'm, I'm not gonna do a shoey now for you because we said every time we get an Australian fighter on. I'm doing a shoey, but I owe you a shoey. Okay, excellent. I will hold you to that. Are you doing shoeys in your happy hour, or is it a little more classy? Just a little more classy. You're drinking some margaritas up in here. Like wine glasses. Yeah, I have like these really like cool, fancy margarita glasses. So I'm like, we'll just go with some Jose Cuervo. All right, what's okay. your what's your drink of choice? Tequila margaritas for sure. My drink of choice. Okay. Now, extra salt, of course. (laughs) Another question we always ask. So now, fight camp starts. When are you cutting back on the alcohol? I I usually won't drink during camp. Um, If I do, like, it won't be much, and I I won't at least six weeks out. Like, like nothing at all. Like it's like it's not really hard for me to to not do that and like even now like i like i don't really drink much except like i maybe maybe we'll have like a couple on the weekends like it's i know it's i like i and that was kind of one thing that i kind of thought about when i did start to drink again because i didn't drink for like five years and uh like because i i was in like a bad place and i was using alcohol in, in the wrong way and that was kind of one thing that i wanted to make sure this time is, you know, I wasn't going to to slip back into those kind of like unhealthy habits and uh, using it as an escape for not dealing with shit or, or anything like that. And um, so that's I've kind of tried to be responsible about it. <laughs> Growing up a little bit. This whole adulting thing is really hard. Yeah, we have a beer sponsor here at Menace and the Man, Great South Bay Brewery. So we always oh, that's awesome. We always have something to drink. Well, that's convenient. Yeah, you know how it is. When I'm not, I don't, I video game, but I don't live stream or anything like that. Like, that's something Dennis will do too. He'll live stream his video game and then he'll do, like, every time I die, I'm taking a drink. Every that's time. Awesome. Yeah, so, you know, you know how it is. You got to enjoy yourself. 100%. So, a couple other questions I got for you. Felicia Spencer, someone you fought already, about to fight Amanda Nunes. At yeah. 145, your division. We don't know if this fight's going to be on Fight Island or if they're, <laughs> if they're going to find a state for it. But Dana White says May 9th, these two are going to fight. They're both in America, so it's probably going to happen. Who do you got in that? <laughs> um, I I don't know. I, I, I'm definitely am going to be watching that fight, obviously. But uh, I think Felicia is incredibly tough and... You know, she brings some skills to the table. I just, uh, you know, looking at her last fight um, against Zara, she struggled to close that range. And she kind of struggled a little bit with Chris as well, with, like, the, the striking and, you know, someone who is is physically very strong and, and, and is very well-rounded. And I think, I think it's going to be harder for her 
against Amanda because Amanda is very crisp with her striking. She fights very long. She has a ton of power. She's an incredible athlete. She's very well, you know, in the wrestling areas and and in and on the ground as well. She, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's also a black belt in jujitsu and. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, it, it's MMA. Anything can happen. But I just, I see it more in favor of Amanda than I do Felicia. But she's an incredibly tough athlete, and and I'm excited to watch that fight to see how it goes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Felicia's been on the show a few times. Big fan of hers, but she's definitely the underdog in that fight. Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. But anyone who goes up against Amanda is an underdog. Amanda Nunes is scary. Uh, well, maybe not for you, but if for even what something we would always joke about back in the day, we stopped because we thought it might turn into a real thing. Is we, yeah. we would always talk about what would happen if Menace or me fought uh, Cyborg, <laughs> and then we were like, "Yo, it might really happen. Like, we might bump into her, and she might be like, "Yo, I heard you guys talking shit all the time what? on your little fucking show." <laughs> so, so we nipped that one in the bud, but a little bit, and stopped doing it, but. Now, is that like one of the fights that got away? Because I feel like they pretty much brought you over initially from Invicta to fight her, right? And never yeah. happened? Yeah. And like I – like that's that's always been a fight that I've wanted. And, you know, we'll see what happens. Like I, I have one fight left on my contract, so we'll see, see what happens after this fight. Um, like it could happen. We never know. Oh, so one fight left, and now they haven't, obviously, a lot of crazy shit going on right now. They haven't hit you up to renegotiate or anything yet? Yeah, I don't really have a lot of control. Of, like, my management kind of do all that for me. So, uh, but, like, I told them, like, I told the UFC, like, uh, Tim, my manager, spoke with Mick recently, and, and I told them, like, hey, if because there's a lot of fighters that are like, oh, I don't really want to go out of my house right now. I want to say, like, I told them, I was like, hey, I can make, I can make weight on like a week or two weeks notice. Like if you need me to fight and it's a favorable matchup, like I'll be there. So I like, I'll fight whoever, like I don't give a shit. I'll make weight. Like te- I could make weight next, next Friday if I needed to, like my weight is so low. So that's not really an issue for me anymore. So it's, uh, I'm down if they, if they want me to fight, I'll fight. I don't give a shit. So something that we do have here that works for us is obviously in real life, you can't be like, yo, what do you weigh to a girl? But because <laughs> you're a fighter, we know what you fight at roughly. Yeah. What do you walk at? So is it a tough weight cut to 45 or not too bad? It's it's not as bad as it used to be, but I definitely have to be on my shit. Um, the heaviest I ever got was like 176. And that was before the Holly home fight. That was rough. But uh we changed so much up with my training and my diet. Um, and so I, I very rarely see above 160 these days. Okay. So yeah, that's 15 pounds, right? Yeah. Yep. Let me make sure I, I don't do a lot of math cause I don't go out of the house anymore. So all right, 15, four, 14 <laughs> pounds, we'll call it. So yeah, yeah, that's not that bad. So if they offered you a fight for fight Island in a month, you'd be all over that. I'll do that in a week. <laughs> yeah. Like I've seen some people that are, I don't want to go out of my house. I don't want to train. I'm not like a, a perfect example. A friend of the show, Aljamain Sterling. Yeah. He, he was like, I'm not interested in accepting a fight. I'm not interested in talking about a fight because the world's kind of shut down. But then you see like Henry Cejudo, for instance, a guy who he could have fought was like, I'm in training right now. I'm doing a quarantine camp. 
I'm getting ready. I have like three or four people around me all day and I'm getting ready to fight in May. Yeah. And like, I, I don't like, I'm not <laughs> like, I'm not above payday. Like, like we talked about earlier, we don't get paid a lot. So if I can get a payday, I'm going to take a payday. Like I, like I need to put me and, and my family or what, you know, my life, what my career, whatever you want to call it. I need to put my financial situation, whatever it is first, like in, and if that means an opportunity comes up to fight, I'm going to take it. Like I, I'm not, not above a payday. I think a part of it too is what part of the country or where in the world you're from. Like Al Jermaine being from New York, it's considered pretty bad here. So it's like, oh, it's a little, it might be a little more risky for me to fuck around outside or go in the gym and do stuff. Then I don't know what the numbers are like in Kansas City, but I know in like California, they're supposedly not too bad. Arizona, they're not too bad. Other parts of the country might be opening up, but New York will, we're fucked here a little bit. I think, uh, I think like here in Kansas City, like it's projected to peak at the end of this month. So that's why they're extending the stay at home order for another two weeks. Um, but we'll see what happens. Like one thing, like uh, as I'm sure, you know, interviewing James is, is we can't, we have something different at glory. Like our mentality is different. Like we're all ready to take a fight on like a week or two weeks notice. It's, and you know, and that's why we train all year round for these opportunities. Um, you know, because I feel like this this is one of those times where you know, whatever sport you want to be in, like it it's kind of an excuse to not do anything, not train, eat whatever you want, get fat, get out of shape. That's gonna hurt you in the long game because it's going to be so much harder, so much longer for you to get back into the shape that you need to be in to start camp or to start whatever it is. And, and that's why like, you know, all, all of us at glory, man, we're staying in as best shape as we can, like keeping our weights down because eventually this is going to end and you want to be ready straight away for those opportunities. You don't want to have to be like, no, sorry. I'm like 40 pounds from weight because I didn't do anything for three months. I haven't done anything. I haven't trained. I didn't keep my weight down. I wasn't disciplined. And hold up like i need three months i need a three-month camp because i can't make weight oh yeah like you've seen how the ufc is if they offer you a fight and you don't take it they go okay we're gonna move you down here a little bit 100 percent. and like you're a professional athlete your body is literally like how you pay the bills like why would you let it get to a point where you're not able to do your job like that's uh, I don't know that's just our mentality and and we're ready to take fights on on short notice if need be and we'll be ready. Yes, we spoke like I said a little bit about mental sense that he was going to hook us up with James and at one point I think we had him like tentatively on the show but we didn't get him on yet but we'll work on that. But uh, we finally it's got a- Megan Anderson. We made it work. Yes. <laughs> yes. So before we let you go, a question we always like to ask is your dating life. What is that like? I don't know. Right now, non-existent, um, I'd imagine, because of the quarantine, or do you have a boyfriend? Anything going on? What's going on with you? I like to keep my personal life pretty private. I don't say anything about anything. Nobody knows anything. Okay. I- <laughs> what is your type? I don't know. Oh, so you keep it that vague. Mm-hmm. You're not even going to let us know if you're into men or women. Nope. Okay. We'll leave it up to our imagination. We like that. <laughs> keep it interesting so now 
I'll get your gamer tag and we'll try to kill some people. I'll show you how to handle the gulag and let's go. We'll squad up one day. We'll squad up now with the quads. It's so much harder with the with the four instead of the, the trios. But you know what it is. I don't know. Do you play Fortnite at all? I have not. No, it's, I have played much Fortnite. Call of Duty with the with the battle royale. Same thing as Fortnite. You got to work as a team. If you're gonna play squads, it has to be like a team moving like you're a fucking. Oh, one hundred percent. Like every time, every time, like you split, every it just goes to shit. Yeah. Like you have to go as like you have to go as a group everywhere. Yeah. So what you'll get in Fortnite a lot is you'll get the you'll drop in as a squad and you'll get the people who just start doing their own thing. Then when they die, they start yelling in the heads up like, "Come get me, come get me!" It's like, bro, you shouldn't have fucking left. Now the whole team's gonna die to come get your card. You know. I was like, why did you leave? <laughs> yeah, you fucking just killed the whole team. So you gotta. That's the one piece of advice I can give you. Got Stick it. with the squad. Stick with the squad. Got it. But watch me giving you advice. Then when I get on, you're like ten times better than me. <laughs> I'm I'm getting better. I'm putting in some solid hours, so I'm getting better. I'll, I'll I'm pretty good though, so I'll give myself that. I'm not bad at video games. I have a lot of time on my hands. I feel like we all do right now. Everyone's playing video games. So before we let you go, what do you think of Fight Island? Like, you think Dana should be putting that on? You're happy with the fighters getting the fight? Um, I can kind of see both sides. Like, I can see, you know, everyone in and against. Like, oh, like we're in the middle of the pandemic. But on the other side, I miss live sports. <laughs> I'm sick of watching reruns of everything. Like, I want to see some live sports again. I'm a huge fight fan, so if he's going to put fights on, I'm going to watch. Like, I don't care. Um, and I feel like each individual is responsible for their own actions, and if they want to, if they want to go fight, who am I to judge? Yeah, that's where, you know, I don't want to, I'm not speaking down on Dana, but that's where he messed up, was trying to do that fight in California. California is a fucked up state. The Democrats and the politicians in California, they're like, they don't fuck with Dana. They don't fuck with the UFC. They're not into it. So they shot that down immediately. California, too, their athletic commission is like the strictest well, as well. The athletic commission is good. It's the, because it wasn't the athletic commission that shut them down. It was, yes, yeah. it was a politician being like, I don't like the way that that doesn't feel right to me. You know, I don't like that. Yeah, and like obviously, if you're under Disney, like they're they're very family friendly, and they they're obviously not going to do anything that's going to be very bad for public relations. So I 100% understand their decision. To yeah. Dana make was Dana was trying to keep it quiet, and he wasn't letting people know where the fight was going to happen. Yeah, and then once they finally let it out, people started sending letters, and the whole thing got shot down within a day. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. But, like, I, I hope that May 9th can happen. Um, like, I want, I would like some live sports again. Uh, and and I think hopefully hopefully this all kind of doesn't go away because it's not going to go away for a long time. But it kind of lessens in the next couple of weeks and, and we can all kind of get back to some normalcy. Yes. And hopefully it happens with the UFC. And they are the first sport back. And it continues to make the sport blow up, and you guys can get some more money. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> I feel like I don't think I feel like we're all not not uh not too good for some some bigger paydays. Yes, absolutely. 
All right, Megan, we appreciate the time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to Jassy. Uh, is it Jassy or Jackie? I thought, is it JC? Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I, it might have been a weird spelt Jackie, but thank you to JC from Paradigm for setting this up. And we'll talk to you soon. Don't be a stranger. No problem. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Be uh, healthy and well out there. I will. You too. Goodbye. Let's see here. Oh, you can see me? Yep, there we got go. you. Mike Chiesa, welcome back to Menace and the Man. It's good to be on here. Let me get my Bluetooth set up here. Hold on. That way, that way you can hear me better. Um, hold on. And... Can you hear me? I can hear you. I cannot see you. Oh, here we go. Now For we some got them. reason I can't. Oh, there we go. I'm just getting my headphones on so you can hear me better. There we go. How's that? Uh, there we go. We got you. Oh, dang. My headphones still aren't working, so I'll just pass on these if you can hear me fine. Yeah, we hear you fine. No echo or nothing. You're good to go. Cool. What Talk are you? By yourself, huh? Yeah. What, what are you, living in a log cabin? Yeah. Yeah, this is my house. Really? You live in a log cabin? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's pretty it's sweet. It's life, man. Life right now, so lockdown hasn't been too bad just because I got space, you know what I mean? I got five acres out here, and I'm not stacked on top of sick people, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's why Menace is MIA right now, because we're stacked on top of sick people. Yeah, that sucks. Luckily, no coronavirus, but uh, a lot of wind here lately, so they've been blowing down electrical lines, so he's out there fixing people's power. Damn. Yeah. He's a man of the people. Yeah, giving back. It's nice, though, because he's kind of a dick so, most of the time, so now he's out fixing people's power. <laughs> so what do we catch you in the middle of? Uh, right now, um... Shit, we just uh, we just ran some errands, and uh, now I'm I'm tearing down my old pool fence. Gonna get ready to open the pool out here, and uh, you know I'm just really just kind of catching up on a lot of like housework stuff. Like I live on five acres, and my house was a repo house, so there's just like there's an endless amount of work to be done. And you know, for me, like in between fights, I don't really do a good job of like just hanging out and getting stuff done. I just kind of stay in the gym, so. I'm really just kind of taking advantage of the time. I got like three, if if projected, May 4th is supposed to be when this ends. So um, I have three weeks to get a bunch of shit done. So so they're saying May 4th in Seattle. In Spokane. Spokane, Spokane, Spokane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, we were just talking to Megan Anderson, and she said Kansas City is extending their thing to May 15th. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if it's because they're closer to the East Coast. I mean, Washington, we got hit hard. If we were like the first epicenter. We were the first like hotbed for this stuff. And our numbers have been really low. But then we had an incident like today where uh, there was like 20 cases, 19 cases confirmed in like a nursing home in Spokane. And we're a small city. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, the thing that sucks is honestly, I mean, even if it doesn't sound like they're just going to open the floodgates and let everything go back to normal, it sounds like it's going to be like a progressive thing. And it's like, I don't really see them opening the gyms, you know what I mean? And that's where, like, the biggest challenge arises for me is, like, I don't know, like, 
I want it. Like I hearing about, you know, the fight Island and they're going to have fights in Vegas and stuff. It's got my wheels turning again. And it sucks because I see a lot of the guys that I want to fight. Um, a lot of them are still training. A lot of them have gyms and a few training partners and, and, you know, I don't really have access to a lot of that stuff. So it's like, I'm not in a position where I can jump in there. You know what I mean? And I don't want to let some of these matchups slide through my fingers, but you know, on the other side of things, I can't like, I'm not just going to take a fight and not adequately prepare like I have for the last three fights. You know what I mean? I think something we spoke about with Alex Volkanovsky a couple episodes ago, I feel like it's going to become your bet, your home workout versus someone else's home workout. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's fine. But it's like for, for some other people, uh, you know, they, they still have like, you know, we're, I'm, I'm from a small team. We're a very small team, small gyms, um, you know, and it works. I mean, I, I, I believe I can win a world championship from Spokane with my teammates and the coaches that I have here. I'm not, there is no, um, I should say like d- deficiency in terms of like coaching and my preparation has been great. But right now in this type of situation, I don't have, like you see the guys in Florida, it's like, you know, you got Kamaru Usman and Ong Song Lang and Gilbert Burns training together and they got hoofed coming over and holding pat. You know, they can make it work. You know what I mean? Whereas for me, I'm not in that type of situation. You know what I mean? So, um, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to start getting the ball rolling. I'm ordering some equipment for the house and stuff and getting some some maybe maybe if it comes down to having to do these home training guys, you know, his home camp versus my home camp and we fight, you know, I, I got to start preparing in case that's the situation. So I, I'm ordering some equipment and get some, I might import a Brazilian. I think I'm just going to import a black belt and just well, have him just live with me. That's what Cejudo did. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, we had Eric Albaracin on the show recently. And what they did is they set up like a little quarantine camp at Henry's house. Yeah. It's like one Brazilian that they brought in to mimic Jose Aldo. It's like yeah. the one other guy they have working with them. Uh, like Jose Tora and then Gilbert, uh, not Gilbert, uh, Eric Albaracin's coaching and Henry. Yeah. And that's what they got. A little yeah. quarantine camp. That's yeah. What... See, for me, for me, I have, I have Rick little, who's my head coach. You know, I still have access to him. Um, and you know, I, I, I've gotten a few, me and me and Sam Cecilia, he's been my teammate for, you know, 12 years. Um, you know, him and I've been able to get a couple little stand up practices in, but we were, we were training, him, but just him and I, when it was like everything was very fresh, so there was no rolling or nothing. It was just kind of like stand-up stuff. Um, but you know, it's like he's, you know, he's like he's like the menace. You know, he's got a job too. He's running equipment and stuff. So, you know, I'm, you know, there's not a lot of full-time guys around here. Is Sam Cecilia you know? still fighting? Yeah, he's still fighting. Yep, yep. He's just, I mean, just right now, it's it's a matter of when. You know what I mean? It's just we're all just kind of waiting in the fringes. You know. It's a really interesting time to be alive, man. It's this is crazy. This is one for the history books. You know what I mean? This oh, is yeah. uh this is something else. Real crazy times. And then like I can't, for fighting. I can't imagine what it's like where you guys live. Uh Long Island's a little different than the city, but it's still fucked up out here. The crazy thing yeah. about here is like literally like you ever see what's that movie? Um I Am Legend. They yeah. could they could literally blow up the bridges right now and we are stuck here. Yeah, that sucks. Like, unless you have a it's, boat, you're stuck here. Yeah, that's true. So we're in that type of situation here. But, yeah, it's pretty bad. We have the highest numbers. So we're we're probably not opening up in May. I think we're going to be pushed off till June. Yeah. Which sucks and is crazy. Yeah. But I've seen a lot of guys here. They're doing, like, the home thing, the backyard workout. 
the training in their garage, having a few people come over and do stuff. But yeah, the gyms are the gyms aren't opening here anytime soon. Yeah, you know, and that's you know, you gotta. Here's the the difference for for me and a lot of guys is in for my position and and which I have a similar position to a lot of people, but you know, I don't have a family to feed. I don't have kids. I don't have you know. I I have two dogs, a fiance. You know, my house payment is sixteen hundred bucks a month. You know, I'm not having to shovel out, you know, four or five grand a month for my house payment. You know, I, I'm living. I'm fine. You know, um, so I feel for the guys out there that have, you know, mouths to feed and, and a family to support and, and, you know, having to make do with what they got. You know what I mean? And, and um, I'm not ruling out that, that that's the route I'm going to have to go. But, I mean, financially, I'm fine. It's just like I said, there's matchups out there. I don't want them to slip through my fingers. But. You know, I'm 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 very comfortable with waiting until this thing really dies down and having to train 12 weeks for a fight. If that doesn't mean I don't fight till October, then you know it is what it is. July was what I was aiming for, but we're getting to that point now where beginning of May is eight weeks out, and I haven't grappled in over a month, and that's weird. That's the longest ever since I have been like 12 years old, 11 years old since I started wrestling. This is the longest I've gone 20 in 20 years. This is the longest I've gone without some type of wrestling or grappling or anything. If it, it's like, I'm not just going to jump right in there. I'm trying to win a world championship. They're not, there is no forgiveness. If it's like, Oh yeah, you lost that fight, but it was like quarantine and you know, you couldn't train. It's okay. You can keep your ranking. We'll just kind of brush under the rug. It's like, no, if you lose, it doesn't fucking matter. You know what I mean? I don't want to risk my position by inadequately training like I have these last three fights. It's kind of weird. And now what do you have set up? You have like any mats at your house, anything like that or nothing yet? Well, I have so Zebra Mats, one of my sponsors, shout out to Zebra Mats. Um I have a 10 by 10 in my garage. Um I don't keep it rolled out because like I said my garage I live in the woods. I got lots of, you know, I share my garage with my lawn mowers and my equipment for to for my property and stuff. Um but right now I'm in the process of so I have a 10 by 10 mat. I have a heavy bag. I've got some kettlebells. I got some steel clubs, some battle ropes and things like that. I just ordered a, a rack from Sornex um, and a bar, a couple bars, a trap bar. Uh, I short an air bike. Um, so now it's like, so by the end of the month, I should have some stuff at the house. You know what I mean? To where I can start at least. I've been able to lift weights in one of my home gyms, but it's like 45 minutes away. Still missing a lot of things. But it's been nice to at least get a little pump in. You can tell I'm still huge. You know what I'm saying? You see these bad boys, Mike 1, Mike 2, Mike 3. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, I'm just ready to start gearing up. And just if I have to get it done here, i got to start training here. But now it's just a matter of partners. I need partners. I have I have good bodies I train with, you know, but I need, I need like, I need a stud. I need some studs. I need to get pushed. I need, you know. My head coach for jiu-jitsu, James Weed, you know, he's a high-level black belt. I need him. I need those good, hard grappling sessions. I need, if I can just – if I have strength conditioning, if I had somebody to drill combinations with and just somebody to roll with, I could take a fight. I don't – I'm to the point in my career now where – I mean, my last camp, I only sparred twice because I broke my nose. So it's like I learned that, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, I know how to fight. There's just – these three areas, if I could cover those bases – I, you know, I could, I could, I could compete with anybody in the world. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say to you. Something I've heard Dennis say, and I've heard Ryan the Flair say a lot. You know how to fight, so all you really got to do is get in the best shape possible. Granted, yeah, you want to spar, you want the live rounds, but worst case scenario, say you have a broken nose or something, 
You just got to yeah. You just got to show up in the best shape possible. Your timing yeah. won't be perfect, but that's what this quarantine and this whole coronavirus thing might turn this world into for the time being is old school. Like you guys are way better than the guys who fought in UFC one, two, three, and four, but you're going to be training like those guys did. <laughs> that's Kar- true. Karate in the garage, that, you know, that's karate in the garage and the 10 by 10 mats not big enough for me. I can do fine. Like sparring's key. You know what I mean? It for it, at this point, it's like, just like LaFle- like Ryan said, and these other guys, it's like, you get to a point in your career where you just know how to fight. You know, it's all about game planning, refining skills, analyzing your opponent, and things like that. The number one live training I need for the for the best push is I need live grappling from the feet. If I can if I can grapple from the feet, you know, with takedowns, with scrambles, with submissions, that's when I can get in the best shape possible. You know what I mean? Because I mean that's my game. I mean I'm not. It doesn't matter if I'm fighting Burns, Wonder Boy, Colby, Usman, whoever. I'm sticking to my wheelhouse. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's the number one thing I need where it's like, you know, maybe a guy like wonder boy, he's more of a stand-up guy. He probably needs more of the stand-up stuff. That's his wheelhouse. Like for me, I need a, just a, one or two good bodies. I could wrestle and grapple really hard with from the feet and I could get in shape for a fight. You know what I mean? And it's, it's Chael Sonnen said the, said it the best. And this was the, the interview he did after he fought Nate Markfar. And he says he puts the F in UFC fighting. He's really good at training how to fight. He doesn't do the cute stuff. It's all about fighting. And that's kind of like how it is out here. You know what I mean? It's, I think it's a Northwest type theme. If I just had a couple guys I could fight with, I could get through a camp. You know what I mean? But right now, it's just that's kind of a pipe dream because I don't have any bodies. So it's like for now, I just got to build up the – I already call my house the Kiesa Dojo. So now I just need to build a Kiesa Dojo at my house and, and see okay. what happens so now yeah, I, yeah. something dana has said is dana said maybe he would set up a training camp if you will for guys fly them out weeks before the fight and allow them an opportunity to train on the island is that something is that what he said that's something he said yeah you know it that's you know yeah that, that's something good but i mean that yeah i got a that's there's a lot of planning that goes into that if he picked up the phone right now and called me and said hey Here's your fight in in six to eight weeks. I'd say that that's to, that's out of the question. I don't know where what page my coaches are on. They have wives, they have kids, they have lives. You know, I don't know their stance on the quarantine and what they believe and what they don't believe and what they're willing to do and what they're not willing to do. There's a lot that goes into this. That's why it's like for me, it's like you know what? As long as my mind, it's like I'm still my focus is still on training i'm i'm watching more film than i have i'm still being as active as i possibly can um i'm oddly i'm skateboarding a lot again i've noticed i've noticed (laughs) yeah and you know what people can say what they want about it but you want to get a good fucking workout go skateboard for a couple hours you know what i mean but uh i'm you know i'm not in bad shape i i got out of the snack phase dude with the first two weeks of lockdown i was such a fat piece of shit i mean i was fucking we're talking t- copious amounts of marijuana and fucking like uh, two boxes of cereal at night type shit. And uh, I'm over that phase. So my weight's not as bad as you would think it is. I was talking to Felder and we were swapping numbers and it was bad. Why? F- Felder's bad right now? <laughs> no, I'm not. I would. It's not my position to say what Paul Felder's weight is. He knows what it is. <laughs> That's my guy, though, Dr. Paul. I, I hit him up because I if there's one thing I have in relation with Paul Felder is him and I are both genuine fat kids and we like the same stuff. So, like, 
you know, it, whenever I'm like, if he's getting ready for a cut or something, or he's in a camp or I'm in a camp, vice versa, we're always like saying stuff to each other. I'll post a picture and he'll be like, you're looking big. What's your weight? I'm like, Oh, you know, it's 208. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> so Bro, well, I'm, I'm not going to say his number. I'll let you ask Paul Felder what his weight is. I'll ask him. But uh, one of my favorite things with Paul Felder is you see the things that Bilal Muhammad does. Yeah. <laughs> where he does like, what's up? It's your boy, Paul at Paul. Yeah, below Muhammad's fucking hilarious. That guy, the Tony Ferguson workout video might be the best one he's ever done. I asked him today, so I obviously put out a few feelers to see who wanted to co-host, but I guess I just waited till the last minute too much. And then um, yeah. I asked Bilal, I'm like, yo, you want to come on? And I want you to do your Tony impersonation, do your Paul Felder impersonation, and then you could be a little bit of Bilal Muhammad. He was like, oh, I got <laughs> to train right now, so I don't know. But So, yeah, people are still training. Yeah, they're, they are, you know what I mean? And it's just, um, I, I can't be selfish, you know what I mean? The, and the, maybe the places that people are training, it's a little more lenient out there. Um, see, he's in Chicago right now, I'm assuming, yeah. Coach Mike's. Yeah, I think they're still training out there and stuff. But, you know, I have a fiancé, and I have to respect, you know, she's, she's we're both fairly spooked about it. I mean, my uncle in Italy, granted, this was in Italy, my uncle passed away from coronavirus. He was very old, but may he rest in peace. Uh, my uncle Nani um, and his wife passed away as well from coronavirus three days later. I'm sorry to um, hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's kind of hit me on the home front. And so it's like I have a good relationship with Coach Mike where Bilal trains. Um, I'm just I, I just don't want to force anything right now. It's just a, it's a really weird time. It's like I, I, I got to respect my fiance. I got to, you know, I, I had this stuff kind of hit me on the home front with family, you know, and, I just want to see some good. I just want to see some good progress. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I, you know, well, that, I'm pretty sure I've been exposed to it already. I mean, I, my teammate Sam was sick as fuck during my fight week for the Hoffa fight, and he, dude, he had to have had it. There's no fucking way he had every single symptom like to a T, and this was in Raleigh, North Carolina, which was crazy. And what, how long ago was that? That was January. So right when this was all kind of starting to come into fruition. Like we, I got to Raleigh with my coach, Rick Little, and uh, we got there and they had, had reported their first case of coronavirus in Raleigh, North Carolina. And then Sam got there like two days later and we went to, this was, uh, let me think here. This was Friday. Yeah. Friday, we went to a wrestling match at NC State and I could look over, I was looking over him at the dual meet and I'm like. I kept trying to say something to him because there was a few seats away from each other. And he was just like a total space cadet. And after the match gets over, he's like, man, I just don't feel right. Something's just coming out of left field. I'm feeling like I'm getting sick. So him and Austin go and train that night. And this is after weigh-ins are over. This is Friday. Him and Austin go and train. Um, and afterwards, he's like, I need to go rest. I feel like shit. So the next day uh, – Saturday, the day of the fight, I get up to go do my shakeout, and Austin, he's sharing a room with Sam. He's like, dude, Sam is up in the room. He has like a fucking, he's burning up. He's got a huge fever. He's like sweating. He's got this nasty cough, dry as fuck, like just like every single bad symptom a human being could have. He had it the day of my fight. So this was like the first time in my career, aside from him not being in my corner, I didn't grab, like, I didn't warm up with him. I didn't shake out with him. He literally, like, we got to the arena, and he just kind of sat in the corner of the locker room, like, away from everybody, tucked in a corner, just like, stay away from me. Like, he was super sick. 
Yeah, I feel like that's going to be a lot of people's stories once they come out with this antibody test and they start really figuring it out. People had it or they have been in contact with it and it didn't affect them or they healed from it, you know, but obviously there's those other people that it didn't work out for and they either succumb to it or they're really badly sick or. Yeah. You know, and at the end of the day, like people can say what they want about it. It is a real thing. It's just different for us because, you know, there has been young people that have been affected. They have passed away from it. But for the most part, most of the people that think it's bullshit are the people that are only thinking about themselves. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't about us. This is about more about the elderly, about the people that have the autoimmune disorders, the people that have diabetes that are easily susceptible to it. It's not about us healthy people, okay? It's easy for a healthy person to say, well, this is bullshit. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, you're healthy. You're great. You're young. Of course you're fine, and it seems like bullshit. But that that's not the case when you're – I mean, my mom, my mom's only 60, and she's petrified. You know what I mean? She, I haven't, I haven't, this is the longest I wouldn't, I wouldn't drop my mom off an Easter present and I, we didn't even hug each other. I like put it on her porch and went on the sidewalk and was just like, yo, Hey, just want to say hi. And I love you. You know, it's like, it's not about us. It's about the people that, you know, could be more susceptible to it. Yeah. And then like you said, it's almost crazy too. Cause there's so much unknown with it. You don't know who's susceptible to it too. You know, the people, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, the people that have underlying conditions are susceptible, but then there's other people that don't have any problems that wind up being susceptible to it. So it's a very scary uh, situation right now, but I hear yeah. you on, everyone has a different take. And I think, uh, because you, you're in a more affected area. I remember yeah. right at the beginning, the, um, the nursing homes and retirement homes was having bad spikes in Washington. So yeah, it got crazy, man. It was a, a lot of them have come from the nursing homes and who visits the nursing homes, you know, the families, what about the nurses and the staff and this and that. And it's just a real thing, man. You know, just because it's not fucking making people drop dead and bleed out of their eye sockets doesn't mean it's not a real thing. I think everyone thinks it, it's just the flu. It's like, okay, you get the flu and go lay it up in your bed. Go lay in your bed for 10 days with 104 fever and a dry cough. And tell me it's just a flu. You know what I well, mean? Yeah, like it's easy it to say it's easy to say it's just a flu when you're not the one getting sick. You know what I, I mean? think it's not just the it's pneumonia with flu symptoms, yeah. which is really fucking yeah. scary because pneumonia's a <laughs> pneumonia kills people. Yeah, that's like I don't even know. That's like getting syphilis and gonorrhea. Yeah. It's like getting syphilis with gonorrhea symptoms or some shit. <laughs> it's yeah, some it's, like a, up. <laughs> it's like a storm combining two things. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's the worst things ever. But um, I don't know why I don't know why I brought STDs up, but yeah, yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, your brain went there, but it's all good. <laughs> but even um, so they might do some fights. Usman versus Masvidal. It seems like they're gonna do championship fight in your division. Who do you got in that one? Um, you know, it depends on what Kamaru does. It could be I'm a Masvidal guy, 100. That was my first pro loss. Actually, was was Masvidal. So I got a ton of respect for the guy. Um. I consider him to be a friend. Um, if Usman tries to fight Masvidal the way he fought Colby, it's going to not be a good night for him. Masvidal's timing is great. His stand-up is good. Even if you drop him, the dude is game as fuck. I mean, he lives up to the moniker of the name Gamebred. So, But if he reverts to wrestling, it could be a tough night for, for Jorge. I mean, his, his, Jorge's got good ground skills. He caught me in a submission. I think that's a good feather in his cap. Um so who knows? You know what I mean? I, I, I feel like I feel like Jorge has more ways to win, but 
the one best thing that Usman has is the one thing that has given Jorge trouble in the past. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, the only way you're beating Masvidal, especially right now, this like refined Masvidal, is to grind him out. And exactly. And like if it, like when Maya beat him, which was barely, barely beat him by a split decision, you know, and he was able to get takedowns and stuff, but that wasn't the Jorge that we're seeing now. The Jorge that, we're seeing now is a guy that's you know, this is a sixteen year veteran who's thirty four years old and a lot of people look at that as a bad thing. No, that's a great thing. If you can get into your mid thirties and still be fresh and still have fight, that's a dangerous man. You know what I mean? That's the the more of a veteran you are, the better you, you fight. You know what I mean? It just depends on how much damage you've taken getting up to that veteran point. He doesn't take a lot of damage. So he's a dangerous man right now. Um and I'd love nothing more to say that, you know, I you know, I He's a world champ. It's good. I got a lot of respect for the guy. He's had a, a wild journey through the sport, and I think it'd be cool to see him with the. He's already got the one belt around his waist, but let's see him with the real UFC championship. And even um, him versus Maya. If that fight had gone five rounds, he would have probably stopped oh, Maya. Yeah, Maya was going to yeah, be in trouble I, in that fight. He was barbecued for sure. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I'm a huge Masvidal fan as well. But I also big Usman fan, so it's a tough one. Even I know Menace has a very good relationship with Usman. It's a tough fight for us to choose, but yeah, it is. I gotta always go with Masvidal. I can't like. Did I, they say something about it today? I've been kind of away from social media for the day. Um, I haven't seen anything, but I've been just organizing yeah. what I was doing today, the show wise. But um, they were talking about doing it on the Fight Island, which apparently is a real thing. Dana's saying it's a real thing. <laughs> Dude, this is a crazy fight island. It's fucking wild. You should try to get Dana White on the show. Is what you should do, bro. We try and get. We almost had him on once, and TJ. It was right after TJ popped, so oh. this was like a year ago. So now that cheating fuck screwed the whole thing up. Like he Damn was, it. he was like, Mendes texted him like, "Dana, you good for a half hour?" He was like, "Yep." And then when the half hour came, Dennis hit him up. He didn't answer. I then saw the thing pop up. I'm like, TJ Dillashaw just popped for steroids. Or e- yeah, EPO, so and, yeah. then, and then Dana texted the and then Dana texted him like, "Sorry, my phone started blowing up. I got a little tied up. Obviously, you know what's going on." And then yeah. was like, "Yeah." And now we've played phone tag with him for a year. <laughs> but then, this would be a good time to get him on. I mean, I feel like he's doing. He's a busy man, but I mean, you guys ask little questions outside of the box. I think maybe there's some things you could, you know. Yeah, no, that's everyone. Like, even we just had Megan Anderson. I, I think she loved what we were asking her, or at least what I was asking her. And even when Menace is here, yeah, we're way outside of the norm. Like, yeah. Masvidal is someone we've been trying to get on to. And I see him doing all these other interviews. They ask him the same questions over and yeah. over. So, yeah. So he does the same interview 20 times. Yeah, that sucks. Where we want to talk about a little bit different stuff, video games and a little bit, you know, we our questions are a little different, so. Yeah, I saw you guys were talking about pulling out the other night. That was a good one. Well, that's Menace always with his jokes. Yeah, we were, um, Ashley Evan Smith was talking about pulling out of a fight. And, oh. then, and then Menace was like, yeah, Stanley likes to do that too. And I was like, I like to do what? Pull out? So. <laughs> Uh, no, no kids yet either. So yeah, I got a strong pullout. Yeah, game. I've always. Yeah, pre- me too. No kids. No, I'm surprised too. I'm surprised I don't got some little rug rat running around somewhere. But whatever, count your blessings again. Yeah. <laughs> As a man, that's something I've always prided prided myself on is a strong pullout. Yeah, game. it's yeah. good timing. Good timing. And no one to pull. A little pull and pray. And, and that's a thing too. Like um, funny th- funny way to put it. So you know, like a girl, she's trying to trap you. She'll close her guard. 
Yeah. I, I've always had good guard passing skills. So the second See, there the, you go. the second she tries, I just frame her hips and fucking pull back. I put the one knee in the middle. <laughs> you're so. not you're a lot nicer. I'd just go fucking can opener, dude. Just <laughs> right behind the head, go can opener fast. <laughs> but then you got yeah, then you gotta pull out. So then you gotta get your, your shit yeah. out there, you know? Yeah, that's a that can be a wiry situation. Yeah. So I've seen you and Gilbert, another good friend of the show. Yeah. You, you can't not like Gilbert Burns. I love the guy. He's fucking awesome. He's amazing. It's, it's it, it, the thing is, and with him and I, it's just been like you, styles make fights. You know what I mean? You look at how the UFC matches fights up, and this is a fight that um, I just feel like it, it's just going to happen at some point. And I just would it, now. I think you know now or any time in the next year is going to be the best time for it because we're finally both at the top. And I've always looked at Gilbert as one of the most complete guys in the, in my division. You know what I mean? The guy knockout power, world champion, black belt. Uh, he can wrestle. He's a complete package. You know what I mean? I think the guy's fucking amazing skill wise. And as a person, he's just, I've always had great interactions with him. He's super funny and he's tough as shit. Um, that's a tough test for me, but I, I welcome it with open arms. I'm to the point in my career where it's like, I don't want to fight. I, I'm out of the shit talking game. I don't like talking trash. I'm not into that. You know what I mean? Um, I'd rather just fight guys I have a lot of respect for. You know what I mean? Because it, it, you, when you fight the guys at the top, the ones you have a lot of respect for, then it doesn't sting as much if you lose. And I don't think that I will lose. But worst case scenario, it's like like losing to Kevin Lee fucking sucked ass. Like that guy sucks. As a person, he's awful. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you know, losing to a guy like Gilbert, it's like, ah, fuck. Yeah. At least it's a good guy. You know what I mean? At least I like him. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. You know, live and learn. You lose to a guy like Gilbert, I'll end up down there training with him. You know what I mean? So, whatever. Uh, but I think I can win that fight. And at this point in my career, I feel like I can beat anybody in the world. I've always had the thought in my head. I've always thought that I could do it. But now I have the belief, you know, getting through that last fight. Um, just with the, the tough camp, tough opponent, tough matchup. Um I, I now now I've always thought it, but now I believe I can beat anybody. You know what I mean? So that's not any type of disrespect. That's just the self belief that I have in myself now. So oh, yeah. I think Gilbert's a good guy, and I think him and I, I think him and I would be an awesome fight. I think we'd be a great main event. I think five rounds. I think a, a three round fight would be a disservice to the fans. I think him and I want to do it for five rounds and lay it all out there. And and I think that. When you have, when you take two guys, and I'm not just saying this about me and him, but when you take two fighters that are both highly skilled and have like, I, I wouldn't say, I, I wouldn't say Gilbert and I are friends, you know what I mean? But we're not like, it's like I'm living in Florida hanging out with them, you know, we have a, a good relationship. You take two highly skilled guys that have a lot of respect for each other and a certain type of friendship, you get crazy fucking fights. You know what I mean? Look at, look at Forrest Griffin and Stephen Bonner. They're yeah. kind of like buddies going into it. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you, you, the best fights don't happen between the guys that hate each other the most. Sometimes it happens with the guys that are like, you know what? We're friends before. We're friends, going to be friends after. But in between this 15 to 25 minutes, I'm going to fucking beat your ass. You know what I mean? Sometimes those make the best fights. You know, and I think that that's the type of fight that me and Gilbert would give would give the fans is, is it's going to be one of those ones where – you know, we'll be buddies before, we'll be buddies after, but we're going to get after each other and it's, it's going to be fun. So we'll see what happens, you know, whoever it is, whether it's him, whether it's Wonder Boy, whether it's just anybody that's above me, whoever it is, 
it'll be fun. Yeah, I saw. I saw. It'd be an amazing fight, and that's what it is. Mutual respect. You guys will raise your level up a little bit because you respect the guy so much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one other thing I saw. I saw someone asked Colby Covington about you because you called Covington out, and he, he was pretending like he didn't know who you were. He knows who. He knows who I am. His wrestling coach, Kevin Roberts, is brothers with my high school coach, Colby. We yeah. have talked numerous times in person, Colby. You know the fuck I am, Colby. Nobody believes you, okay? God. Well, that's even like I was saying. Like- I, 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 here's the thing. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to even attempt to get in a verbal pissing match with the guy because I will get murdered. I'm just <laughs> Not that I think he has quality. I don't think any of his stuff really has good quality. That's just not who I am. So I'm not even going to sit here and try and say anything derogatory. I just think it's funny that it's like, dude, you know who I am. Even when him and I, I had a lot of interactions with him when him and Jorge were still buddies. Like after Jorge beat me, you know, and him and Colby, they were like roommates or whatever. Or, or they were just good friends. I would see Jorge after him and I fought and I'd see him with Colby and we'd be like, hey, you know, what's up, what's up? You know, we'd be talking, chopping it up, it's whatever. And if, you know what, if maybe he did forget who I am and I'm just an idiot, so whatever. But I feel like, I don't know, I feel like. Yeah, no, he knows like who you should, are. Yeah, it's fine. I'm not. I just thought it was funny. Know, maybe maybe it's because he can't come up with a crafty name to roast me. You know what I mean? Like he's got like Marty Fake Snoozeman and Ty Quill, or what is it? Ty Quill Woodley, like. Oh my god! The greatest one that he said was about uh, Masvidal. He called him Street Judas because <laughs> they call him Street Jesus. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe Colby just hasn't hasn't thought of a good you know. But even moniker. I, I, I thought it was funny because I remember last time we had you on, you were speaking highly yeah. of him. You were like, "Oh, I like Colby." Yeah. Him versus I, I, I respect the shit. I mean, I, as a as an athlete, not you know, Gilbert's a guy that I respect as an athlete and as a human. You know what I mean? Yeah. Colby is an athlete is stellar. I mean, the guy's got a third lung. He's a you know all American wrestler from Oregon State. Um, you know, skill wise, the guy's very tenacious. He's tough. I mean, you can say what you want about the guy, but he fucking fought with a broken jaw. You know what I mean? That says something. That's that that there is. We see a lot of the bad stuff because of what he says and what he puts out in the media. But to me, when somebody does what he did fighting with a broken jaw, it shows that there is good character underneath that skin. You know what I mean? Because a guy, usually you would think a person that talks the way he does with his antics, you would think he's got no heart. You know what I mean? And and he showed that fight with Usman. He's got heart. He's got character. He's got a lot of good human being attributes, but they're just very much overshadowed with the shtick that he likes to put out into the public. You know what I yeah, mean? So it's an act. And you know what it is? He saw what Chael did and then he went he basically is Chael, but he's harsher. He says more it's not that he's harsher, it's it's worse. Chael's intelligent. That's the difference. There will never be another Chael Sonnen. Because Chael said a lot of very harsh things, but he did it in a very intelligent manner. Chael you know, there was he was there was never swearing involved. There was never anything super derogatory. You know what I mean? Like medium rare might have been the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like I'm going to kick Anderson Silva's door in, smack his – kick his – I'm going to kick his back door in. I'm going to I'm gonna beat him up and I'm going to smack his wife on the ass, start to make me a steak. Medium rare. Like that's funny. That's, that's – there's there is – it's maybe not funny if you're Anderson Silva, which that's very – Okay, you know what I mean? But for, for the rest of us, there's some humor in that. But it's like, Colby hasn't said anything funny. It's just all like very like, 
it's you're just throwing daggers. You know what I mean? Everything's got hard, sharp edges. You're really trying to like pierce skin here. Whereas Chael's like, Chael's not trying to pierce your skin. He's trying to sneak his way under it with these without swearing, without calling you names, without anything. He's just like, you know, it's just these. We he's trying to get under your skin. He's not trying to pierce your skin. You know what, there you was, what I'm saying? There, yeah, there was one time though where Chael went like there. He was talking uh, to he was talking to Tito Ortiz at a Bellator press conference. Oh, that was. Oh, that you was, remember? That was the, the and the funny thing is that just shows how Chael is like. There's nothing. Everything was on the fly. Yeah, like that guy. Everything was on the fly. That was that just shows how sharp he was. Because I remember when when Tito was talking before Chael said it. Chael just looked down, started smiling, shaking his head like it came to him in his head. He's like, "Oh no!" And he just like shook his head, looked up, and said it. And it was like, "Dude, you you had that one pop in your head. And you could just see on his face. He just looked yeah, down. Yeah, like, like oh. he started laughing before he said it. And then uh, <laughs> T- T- Tito was like, "You know, this guy's over here. All he does is just make money with his mouth." And then Chael was like, the only person I've ever seen make money with their mouth is your ex-wife. <laughs> that was, whoo, that was a nasty one. <laughs> that was, yeah. na- but that was, I mean, that's, that's intelligence. That's like, that you can tell it's, it rolls off the tongue. Sometimes Colby gets a little choppy with it. Like I can tell some of these are kind of premeditated. Yeah. So just let yeah. it flow natural. Colby is more cr- like similar to Cejudo. They're very cringy. Where Ch- yeah. Chael has a way with words, and it comes out so fucking smooth that it, you just like you, 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 you could he could say something messed up, and you'll be like, I think I'm siding with Chael on this one. Dude, the funny thing about Henry though is he is so opposite of what he puts out there. You know, like Colby's just kind of quiet. Like once he kicked off the shtick, I I never really talked to him. Once he kind of like started to kind of do his thing. Um, He's just kind of quiet and kind of keeps to himself. Henry's just like so laid back. Like you talk, like I, I, I had interactions with him before, before the triple C bend the knee shit started. And I'm like, I like this guy, you know what I mean? And then, then when the antics started, I hadn't seen him in a while. I'm like, God, what a douchebag. Like, Henry's such a douche. And then I see him at the PI, like after he, you know, after he wins the, uh, his second title, he's like, Hey, you know, he goes, Hey man, what's up? I'm just like, I forgot. I actually do. I do really like you. You just, I, I got thrown off for a second because in between the two times I'd seen him was when this whole, the storm of Cejudo came bearing in on the MMA world and just rained shittiness on us. And, and like, I forgot that I liked the guy. He's so laid back, but it's like, he'll be chill. He's kind of lax days ago. And second, like, all right, film something. He's like, shh. Bend the knee starts going crazy. You know what I mean? Like you have this on and off switch. It's just, it's, it's funny. Oh, and yeah. I was telling, I tell him, I say, Henry Cejudo, I have a message for you. Bend the knee to Michael C. I took his own <laughs> stick from him. You see what I did there? Just took it right, ripped it right out from underneath him. And then he probably sees you say it and it's like, man, that was so cringy. Is that what I sound like? <laughs> but yeah, him. Look, man, I remember that guy. You know, sometimes that's what you got to do in the sport to get ahead. You know what I mean? You winning sometimes is not enough, and that sucks. Menace um, had that too, though. Menace bought into the character, and when we had Henry on the show, he was like, "Oh, I bet you Henry's not going to come on." And I texted Henry. Henry immediately answered and was like, "Yeah, I'm good to go. You guys good?" And then I showed Dennis a text. He was like, "Oh, I'm proven wrong. All right, never mind." Yeah. See, sometimes in that when when some when some people have to play that part, you you forget about who they really are. You know what I yeah. mean? And that's kind of. 
that's human nature. You know what I mean? Like in it, Henry's a good guy. You know, I, I'm sure deep down Colby's a good guy. You know, he's just he's just an asshole in the media. You know what I mean? And, and uh, he knows that. He's yeah. it's not like I'm like I'm saying anything derogatory. He he knows what he knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? I've party I've party with Cejudo. Cejudo is one of the coolest guys I've ever met. Like fighter, dude. He's awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. He's a character, and it's he's. It's funny because how laid back he is. You just look at what he's done, and you're like, man, it's just crazy. He's, he's and a then very I got to defend Colby a little bit. I have a lot of mutual friends with Colby, and they say off camera, like without the shtick, he's the same. One of the nicest guys yeah, in the world. They, totally cool. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I, same with me. The, any the times I in like, granted, I haven't had an interaction with him in a long time. Um, yeah, but he was always great. You know what I mean? That's why I, it almost caught me off guard when this whole thing started. I'm like, whoa. You know, the Brazil, you're dumb. I was like, whoa, Brazil's great. I like Brazil. I wouldn't say it's dumb. Every place in the world, you know, Washington State's my favorite place in the world, but there's places around here that are dumpy. You know what I mean? Every place has a – you can't just call Brazil a dump. Yeah, everyone's got their ghetto, especially after he beat Dam- he beat Damian Maia. He beat yeah. a legend, the national treasure, and then started talking shit about Brazil. Yeah, that's harsh, man. You're really – you're playing with fire there. Yeah, but they all don't make them like Michael Chiesa, so you know how it is. No, no, no. I tried to trash talking, and I lost two fights in a row, so I'll never do it again. <laughs> never gonna. I, I. That was the. That wasn't karma. That was the universe. The universe said, you know, Mike, this is not who you are. You're just gonna. It's weird that I'm even talking in third person. That's so. I mean, so corny. That's not a. What did I? Say. What did bleep, I see? Bleep that on... one out. Don't use the G word. I'm not. Don't. I don't want to get lambasted for using that nah, yeah i'm just not gonna talk trash that's just not who i am but even one of the funniest things i saw recently i think it was brett okamoto yeah um you said something you called him out on something and then he, he... on his neck beard he's like don't you ever talk about my beard yeah don't you ever talk about my beard i'm like oh you got me brett dang it one zero brett that's I'm gotta be my ass i'm getting my ass kicked by the media lady brett smoked me with that one and then uh uh, me and Luke Thomas are having this Topanga Kelly K debacle. Oh my and God, I seen that too. Your your team Topanga. Because listen, man, it's not all about the looks. It's about the complete package. And even Skeeter ran through that on Saved by the Bell. Like, come on, like Topanga is like a wholesome, great woman. You could trust her. Like Kelly is like whoever the first string quarterback is. You know she's going home with him. Like that's not. Oh, so you're she, going she, you're going past looks. I'm going. I'm going the complete package. I'm not just going for face value. I'm going oh, for okay. long term, long term investment. I thought the poll and the vote was face value because if it's face value, I think I'm going Kelly Kapowski. But 100, percent if you're going personality, I don't, you watch Say by the Bell. Remember she yeah. left. She left him for the guy at the max. She left yeah. Zach for the fucking guy that time. Yeah, she sucks. She's awful. Yeah, she wasn't a good person. She's the type of girl who'll give you the clap and then lie about it. Jeff. <laughs> she left Zach Morris for Jeff. Fucking Jeff. Poor All right. guy. So yeah, I'm gonna have to side with you actually there. Now when you if you're going personality and everything, yeah, Topanga was wholesome. Yeah, she's a complete package. She'll make you a sandwich, she'll give you a little neck rub, you know. What was you know, I think that my fiance has shades of Topanga and I think that that's why I'm marrying her. You know what I mean? She's not, she's she's a great woman, right, babe? <laughs> so now fiance did you guys have a wedding date yet or no thank god it's nay we were planning on next november not this one but the one after okay because that's what i was going to say is this affecting it at all but no it's uh 
it's uh, not affecting at all. You know what? Now that she's in here, I got to ask. Babe, will you come here for a sec? Does he not look like Chase? Does it not look like I'm talking to Chase? Yeah, it does. <laughs> you look exactly like my buddy Chase Allen. And it's, I don't know if it's the lighting because I've never thought this before. But right when this interview started, I'm like, holy shit, I look, I'm like, I look like I'm talking to my buddy Chase right now. I'm like, this, this looks like Chase. That's funny. <laughs> and he's a great guy, too. So that's a, that's a compliment. Well, I told you, I remember, I don't know if you remember the last time you were on, I told uh, people used to call me Kiesa. Yeah. I, a, I used to have long hair. <laughs> like, you on the ultimate fighter back then. You were on the ultimate yeah. fighter. I was living in Florida. I had the long hair. And uh, people at American Top Team were calling me Kiesa. They would call me Kiesa and Guida. That's funny. So they'd be like, Guida. Kiesa, get back. Kiesa, get back on the mat. Or if I had my hair tied up in the bun, they'd be like, Guida, go with him. And I'd be like, oh, man, these names are going to fucking stick. <laughs> so then I remember I told you, I went up to Tony Ferguson, and I was like, yo, you want to... You want to do some rounds with a boot like Michael Chiesa? And he was getting ready to he, he was getting ready to fight you. Yeah. So he went like El, he went El Kakui and was ready to fuck me up. Yeah, you like you you woken the beast. You yeah. woken the, the the boogeyman, El Kakui. Luckily I avoided that ass whooping by going to a Bellator in Fresno, so I wasn't there when he wanted the train, but that's perfect. You yeah. lucked out. I don't even I, I would honestly Tony Ferguson is the type of guy I would rather fight him than train with him because training wise, you're probably going to get just as fucked up. So I'd rather fight him and get paid for it. <laughs> I don't know. Menace has trained with him and Menace said he's probably a gamer. Tony Ferguson more than really? a, more than a practice room guy. I I can relate. I've, I've been told by a lot of my teammates, I'm the same way. I'm not a good, I, everybody in my city has a story about how badly I used to kick my ass. Every fighter that I've ever trained with in Spokane, there's a ton of them that are like, oh, I used to. They, there's guys around here. I'm not going to name names. They own schools, and I've had students of theirs leave the, their schools to come to ours and be like, "Oh, the talking point of Sensei blah 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 was he used to talk about how much he used to beat your ass." I'm like, "Yeah, well, your Sensei's like got five wins and ten losses on his record, so definitely now, not a. He's a gym guy. No, I'm not. I'm not a gym guy. Were you like that in wrestling too? I just was. I mean. I really wasn't ever that great at wrestling, honestly. I mean, I on my best day, I made I was like a I was like a second string varsity guy. You know what I mean? So, I just didn't develop as fast. Um, I was kind of like a late bloomer, I guess you could say. I missed a couple seasons in high school because I broke my leg, and then uh, I was just kind of like a late bloomer. You know what I mean? Um, but nonetheless, still love it, and it laid the foundation for where I'm at now, for sure. All right. So, real quick before I get you out of here. Justin Gaethje versus Tony Ferguson. It seems like that fight's going to happen. Well, it seems like it is going to happen, and it's it's a really it's a it's it's an interesting matchup for a few reasons. You got Gaethje's ultra durable. Um, I worry that his the way he shells and covers is going to leave him susceptible to the elbows up the middle. Like Tony does this weird thing where he's not like he. Tony doesn't like upward slash with his elbow. He almost like just frames his arm and just like crashes in with it. So it's just like a blunt chop. You know what I mean? And the way Gaethje shells, I could see a big forehead cut or something. Um, but Gaethje's got the leg kicks. And I, I mean, I don't know. It's just it. Tony has this thing where every fight he gets hit really hard in the first round. If his last few fights, maybe yeah. not, maybe not the cowboy fight, but a lot of these fights he's had 
where he just gets clocked hard in the first. I mean, and, and Gaethje's a finisher. You know what I mean? That guy finishes fights. If he gets you hurt, he, like, there's no way out type of thing. So there's a lot of variables. You know what I mean? Um, I think that if you asked me this question and the fight was this weekend, I would be 100% all in for Tony um, because he's had the preparation. I mean, you can only – if you're going to fight Habib Nurmagomedov, you better have had the best training camp of your life because that's – you have – that's – the hardest fight to train for is Habib. There's no harder, like that's going to be the hardest camp of your life for what you're going to have to do. So, you know, Tony's going to be well prepared, but I mean, you give Gaethje, if you, you give him another month, which, you know, he basically got another three weeks, another four weeks to kind of change the dynamic of the fight. Um, I, it's hard for me to pick. I'll probably pick whoever's the underdog just for betting purposes. So. Okay. I like that. Now what about Cruz and Cejudo? can't can out dom i mean you just can't the dom's the type of guy i mean henry's more more than likely henry's gonna win but you can't can out count out dom he was dom he was a dominant champion for a long time yeah injuries have plagued him but just like i was saying earlier when somebody's a veteran and they've been in the sport a long time and they're able to you know he's had a lot of injuries but he, he obviously he's he's healthy now he's he's rebuilt his body uh, he, he knows how to train. I know why Dominic gets injured all the time is because he trains like a psychopath because he is a fucking psychopath. Dom's fucking nuts. Yeah. I spent three months around the guy. He's a lunatic. Um, we'll see. I mean, more than likely Henry's going to win, but Dominic has a way in the way that he moves in the way that he fights that he, he, he can win rounds. You know what I mean? If there's a finish, it's 100% Henry. Um, if it if it goes to a decision, there is a, a good chance that Dominic can win that fight. I mean, when you look at the, I, I think Garbrandt was probably the toughest matchup for Dom because Garbrandt's a he made. If you want to beat Dominic Cruz, and I know I'm, I'm dragging this exit out. I'm sorry, but my analyst brain is starting. No, to work. you're good. If I'm, you want, if, I'm if, trying if you to wanna, send you back to your life. You could stay as long as you want. Yeah. Uh, if you want to beat Dominic Cruz, you have to make him lead the dance. 100%. You got to make him lead. You know what I mean? There's a lot of guys out there. There's a lot of guys out there that I study in my division that they're, they're, you got to lead. You're, you, you, you make them lead. You know what I mean? That's what Cody did best is he made Dominic lead that fight and he actually countered. He's, he's faster than Dominic. He's, he's, in my opinion, he's got better wrestling. Cody's the nightmare matchup for a guy like Dominic. And I know that Dominic, that was his third fight in a year. His plantar fasciitis was bad. I mean, his feet were bad. I, I, there's things I learned about his injuries that he had that the public probably doesn't know, so it's not my place to say. That guy probably shouldn't even have been fighting. So I think his body's preserved, his injuries are healed. I think he's going to give Henry a hell of a fight. Yeah. Dom has actually so – I love Cejudo. Big fan. He's been on the show. We're good friends with Eric Albaracin. But Dom was always like my favorite fighter. You know what I mean? I like the way he yeah. talks trash to people. I like his fighting style. I like getting hit, hitting somebody and not getting hit, not taking damage. You know what I mean? Always been a big Dominic Cruz fan. So that's going to be a tough one for me to pick. But he hasn't fought in three years. Yeah. So, but now this, yep, this but quarantine to open it up the, for him. He, he, yeah, but he doesn't believe in ring rust. And I, yeah, ring rust is a mental thing. And this goes back to what we were saying earlier about knowing how to fight. Dom knows how to fight. Dom knows what he's good at. Dom knows what Dom's been in a lot of championship fights. Um, you know, so I don't think it'll be ring rest. I think it'll be ring rest. You know what I mean? I think he'll be rested. I think he'll be good to go. 
All right, your video just got pretty choppy, so that might be the cue to get out of here. I was I was gonna say I wanted to get a picture of Stone Cold before you get out of here, but we'll do that. Oh, I'll grab we'll... it. Hold on. Come here, buddy. Whoa, come here, hammer. Oh, you boy. Show the world how cute you are. This is the killer himself, Stone Cold Kiesa. Say hi, buddy. Yeah, we're. <laughs> We're, we're a little choppy now, but I still got him. I still got you, but uh, definitely next time we'll get some Stone Cold. I remember last episode we had you on, and we tried to do video. We had Stone Cold for a little bit. Yeah, we butchered. And, yeah, that's one of the greatest names for a dog ever. So It's fitting for he's one of the greatest dogs out there. All right, well, thank you again for the time. Best of luck to you and the missus in the quarantine, staying safe and whatnot, and we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you, sir. All right. You're the man, Mike. See ya.